Hello Packer fans, I'm Brad. And I'm Allie, and this is the Lambo Leap. We are just going to run into this. This is episode one, and we're going to get started right away with some fun NFL topics, and then we'll get into all the exciting Packer news and headlines. That's right, Allie. So, Allie. <laughs> so, Allie. <laughs> yes, Brad. What would you say if I told you I had a drink that could cure your concussion? Um, I think that would be amazing. <laughs> now, what would you say if quarterback Russell Wilson had a drink that could cure your concussion? Um, I don't know. That'd be amazing, <laughs> too. <laughs> so, uh, in the upcoming issue of Sports Illustrated, Russell Wilson has stated that a hit from linebacker Clay Matthews Gave him a concussion. Last season. Last season, the NFC Championship game. And by drinking his magical drink that you will be able to soon buy from him on Amazon, it somehow gave him not a concussion, and he was able to return to the game. Oh, so during the game, his concussion disappeared? Well, it, it, it's a little hazy on what he said, but drinking the drink stopped him from having the concussion symptoms from the concussion that Clay Matthews gave him. So he drank it in between... When he went back to get evaluated, and then he got to come out? Well, you know, it's very sketchy on what actually happened when he went to the sidelines. It appears that he didn't go through concussion protocol, which is required, but then he was saying he had a concussion and that the water made it all better. No pun intended, but that seems very (laughs) wishy-washy. I agree. I read that he also uh, had his teammate drink it due to a different... Uh, illness or illness injury and it healed him right away too but uh, he's also invested in this so right. he could uh, definitely have let that go through <laughs> his head well here's what I'm going to say when this water comes out I'm going to buy it okay. assuming it's not $100 a bottle <laughs> um, I may purposely injure myself and then drink the water I think that's a terrible idea <laughs> listen there's only one way to get to the bottom of this, and it's science. I think we should let other people handle the science. Well, uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, but we'll move on to more uh, matters of fact, and that is uh, our love of hard knocks. Right. So everyone knows this season is the uh, Texans, and it's been pretty J.J. Watt heavy last episode and then two episodes ago. Well, each episode, they definitely have, like, a feature of him where it's a full scene of him talking to someone and telling someone things they love. But definitely the opener was very, like, this is our superstar. You know, this is why you should watch the show. (laughs) Or this week he had the uh, F-bomb waiting. Right. Or the Texans were so great speech. Yeah, he gave a rally speech, so... I heard he said he didn't want his uh, grandma to be too upset with him, and hopefully, <laughs> and hopefully they didn't catch too many f bombs. Well, I hope grandma, t- yeah, I hope grandma Watt uh, had a talk with him. <laughs> uh, but now we're gonna actually delve into a little more uh, opinion-based stuff on it. Uh, there's always a conversation whether hard knocks hurts or helps a team over the course of the season, or if that season is affected by having the camera crew there. Uh, so we'll talk about that for a little bit, and we'll actually start with you, Allie. Uh, as far as my opinion on this, uh, whether it helps or hurts a team, or, you know, it's kind of neutral, 
I'm with what a lot of the teams say. A lot of the teams say they don't want the distraction, and I think that's what it is, is a big distraction. I don't necessarily believe that all the players are like, oh, no, you know, we don't want a camera around us. We don't want to be on TV. We don't want this distraction from our work. I think a lot of players, maybe not a lot, but there's a, a good amount for each team, each year that are excited about it and kind of, you know, play off of it, make their personality known. And as far as whether it helps or hurts the team, I think because of the distraction, it is not helpful in any way. The cameras are there. Uh, there's a lot more camera and crew than what they're used to. Um, they're showing off more. They're distracted on the field, I think, because they know they have this show to almost add an extra performance to. And I just think overall it takes away from the focus of the team. I do think it helps promote the NFL without a doubt. Right. It helps promote the team that's featured. And uh, I definitely think it helps with ratings, especially um, for the specific team and, you know, in their their area where their games are played. So obviously in Houston. But I think it does nothing but distracts. I think there's maybe a few players where they want to perform harder, uh, especially rookies maybe that are trying to make the team where they're oh, always going to perform harder with or without the cameras. But maybe in those few circumstances it'll help them to even get a harder push but otherwise yeah I just think it's a big distraction yeah it's fun to watch it's it's I get connected to players on each team each season and then I want to pay attention to the team the following you know the upcoming season but otherwise I think it's more of a fan thing I I definitely don't think it's good for the players yeah, I think we all remember uh, James Harrison on the Bengals. Who well, that was clearly yeah. was very annoyed that they that, were there. Yeah, that was an exception. I actually like love him. I I didn't know much about him, but I loved that he was just spot on. Just I want nothing to do with this. I'm really angry that they're here, and he he made a stance about it, and I totally respect that. And uh, I took a look just at some records of what happened. Now, this is just kind of a blind look at what happened to these teams. This isn't going to take into account maybe the team had a major injury during the season, something like that. This is just pure before and after. Here's what happens when Hard Knocks was in a camp. Uh, the 2001 Ravens, they were 12-4 and the season before Hard Knocks and the Super Bowl champions. Uh, the next season, 10-6, and lost in the playoffs. Um, 2002 Dallas Cowboys, 5-11. and 11. Going into Hard Knocks, 5-11 and 11 after Hard Knocks. No shock, it's the Cowboys. Improvement is very difficult to come by for them. Uh, 2004 Jaguars actually saw a good improvement. They went from 5-11 and 11 to 9-7 and seven wow. after being on Hard Knocks. So that's one of the full few, though, like big improvements. Uh, the Chiefs, 9-7, and seven, dropped to 4-12. and 12. Not great, obviously. 
Um, and yeah, a lot of teams losing records. Cowboys second time went from thirteen and three to nine and seven, so backwards. Uh, Bengals had a decent improvement, four and twelve to nine and seven. Uh, let's see, Jets went nine and seven to eleven and five, so also not a bad improvement. And then the Falcons last season went from four and twelve to six and ten. So you know, you see some teams making minor improvements, but I'm with you that it seems like. It's more of a benefit for the NFL than it is for the team. It's a great commercial. It's probably really good at selling jerseys and driving up interest in teams. Um, but I don't think it's much of a tool for the teams in any way. So it's it's just an hour-long commercial every week that we both enjoy a lot. Yeah, I mean, if, I, I don't mean to promote it too much, but, it you know, if you're not familiar with it, it's it's fun to check out. It's It's good... For NFL fans altogether, unless I mean you really don't like the team, I'm assuming probably the Dallas Cowboys fans don't necessarily <laughs> want to watch this. But I also don't know statistically if that has much backing behind it because, like you said, we don't know about injuries, personnel changes, yeah. all that put together. But you know, it could potentially help or hurt the team with winning or losing games. So I think maybe future in the future that could be a study that could be done but who knows yeah so that is all we have to say on hard docs at least for this week unless something awesome happens on next week's episode yes um so i think it's time to delve into the packer side of the podcast or the most important side of the podcast yes um obviously the big news this off season especially coming into this week is injuries uh so Allie is going to run us down with her views on the injuries, what the injuries are, and then we'll really deep dive into uh, the important stuff. Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, going over all of the injuries. This is sad, so bear with me as I try not to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because we had a lot of injuries. Um, As a lot of you know, Clay Matthews has had a bit of an issue with uh, his knee. He uh, recently said, because he sat out about, I think it was eight straight practices, and has not played in the preseason. He said potentially he'll play a little bit on um, at Saturday, but uh, he said he's unsure why it became sore after a couple of camp practices, and it's definitely not a carryover um, from off-season practice and training and he doesn't think it's anything serious or anything we should worry about and um, that he and the trainers are just being extra precautious as far as going into the season I'm a little bit worried because you know Clay has a few injuries um, and just him missing so much but if it's true to what he's saying, then, you know, I'm not going to get too worked up about that. Okay, TJ Lang left the game with a concussion. Obviously, uh, the heartbreak, the heartbreaking injury, Jordy Nelson tore his ACL. He's out for the season. He'll have to have surgery. And, uh, yeah, he'll need, uh, he'll have a long recovery. Scott Tolzien had a concussion. Nick Perry left with a groin injury. 
Uh, David Bakhtiari had a knee injury. Uh, Jared Aberderis had a concussion. And then defensive backs Dimitri Goodson left with a calf. And Kyle Sabidic, I don't know if I'm getting his name right, left with an ankle injury. Uh, I am not quite sure how the concussions, if they've gotten cleared to play for this week, or, you know, typically I would think McCarthy might keep them out due to that, just to, even if they're cleared, you know, especially with these injuries, even if they're cleared, you want to keep them healthy or get them healthy for the actual season. So it was definitely a injury full game. And uh, the clay thing, you know, has been going on since, you know, when when uh, training camp started. He only was there for the first few. So we'll see if all of these get cleared up and they're just minor injuries aside from Jordy. Um, so those are all the injuries. Uh, we're going to specifically talk about the wide receiver situation. Our two big wide receivers are obviously Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson. So with Jordy Nelson out for the season, uh, fans and NFL fans and especially Packer fans are concerned uh, what we're going to do to replace him. I don't think it's an issue of we're going to replace Jordy Nelson. There's no doing that. But we have other receivers with a lot of potential, and I don't think we need to go running around looking to sign a bunch of other wide receivers. Right, kind of the big rumor that came out immediately was that the Packers were in pursuit of Reggie Wayne. You know, how much there was to that rumor, we'll never know. It doesn't seem like they were super into him. It seemed like the Patriots kind of had that locked up. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's all rumors, but it seemed, I, I know they had him for uh, team physical to get him all checked. The Patriots did. And then there was buzz that the Packers were potentially looking to sign him, and then within a day, if not shorter, the Patriots signed him. So I don't know if that had anything to do with the Packers having interest in him. In him, I don't even know if there's merit to that. So yeah, I feel like the Patriots probably already had an eye on him. They're probably looking for a veteran wide receiver, given the fact that Tom Brady could be out for a while. They probably want to have someone with some knowledge and some experience to help out whatever quarterback ends up starting. You know, one to four or how many ever games it could potentially be. So, yeah, I do think that Wayne was probably already locked up there and that the Packers weren't quite as in panic mode as some places want to make it seem. I agree. And I'm, I I felt no loss over that, over us not signing him. Yeah, me neither. So here's who we have, as many of you know. We obviously have Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams, who are both great in their own way. I think we're going to see a lot more of Devontae Adams, not to say we didn't see him last season. We have Ty Montgomery, who's a rookie, who showed promise. He's showing promise, but obviously we don't know until we get him in the grind of things in the actual season. Um, 
We have Jeff Janis, who played a total of 15 snaps last season, so I don't know if that's because we had better wide receivers that we were sticking with, or if he does not have a lot of potential. Again, more wide receivers that did not play are going to be thrown in, and we're going to see what they're made of. Now, on the uh, on the Jeff Janis front, he right now um, is my pick to actually be the breakout of the group. Okay. Um, I think he's the most like Jordy, uh, physically-wise. They're both 6'3", so they're both little bigger guys. Every other receiver on the roster right now is only about six foot. So given that three inches, they could look to just, you just want to have a taller threat somewhere on the field. I think that'll play in Janice's favor. But as you said, playing so few snaps last year, maybe I'm overhyping and the coaching staff has already found something they don't like in him. Because, yeah, and as you said, Adams came on very strong at the end of the season. Right. And, I mean, they are lining him up now as Jordy's replacement. So he's getting a whole new probably level of practice. Yeah. Um, we do have four rookies that you know, I don't know if they'll all be cut wide receivers and one of them I did say is Jet, uh, Jared Aberdares who does have a concussion or left with a concussion yeah. during the last game. So we'll have to wait until they make the final cuts to kind of see what those guys are made of and watch throughout the season to see what kind of game time they get and what they can do. Uh, what What's important, I think, um, is that you have to remember that we have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron exactly. Rodgers... To me, it's not, it's not any type of argument, but throughout the NFL, it could be arguably that he is the best quarterback in the league right now. He has the focus, he has the skill, he has what it's made of to get the ball to the receivers. The receivers just need to follow their routes, know what they're doing, and have that focus that he has, and, you know, I think we can as he said, just relax a little bit about it. He's he's going to train them, you know, tell them his views on things, what they need to work on. You know, he's going to be a coach to them as well. And I think we just have to be relaxed. We, we have to see what the season's going to look like. And I don't think there's anything to be too worried about because it's Rodgers. I agree. I think uh, it's pretty much plug-and-play. I think you can put any receiver in that spot. Rodgers will make him good. It kind of reminds me of um, our Viking neighbors. Brett Favre goes to the Vikings. Sidney Rice has an amazing breakout season. Signs a huge contract somewhere else. Different quarterbacks. Never hear from him again. So I do think that we're in a position where the quarterback is going to make the wide receiver. I think you're 100% right on that yeah and I just don't think it's a panic situation I think and you know I can't speak for all the fans but right after his injury including myself it was 
heartache, it was panic, it was so many questions. It was, is our season going to be completely changed? And I think um, as time goes on, you know, it's only been, you know, a few days and I already am not quite as worried about it. And I think a lot of the fans can agree with that and feel that way as well. Yeah, and I, I would encourage the fans to remember this isn't the first time something like this has happened to the team. Uh, I would especially point out 1996, Brett Favre is our quarterback, our star wide receiver Robert Brooks goes down with an injury, um, and the team wins the Super Bowl that year. So losing one player does not destroy your team. Uh, will it hurt a little? Probably in a few places. I mean, last year Jordy Nelson... Um, as far as a deep threat goes, was the best in the league. It was his best season. Yeah. Right? Up to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the catches he had, you know, only seven teams in the league had six passing touchdowns of more than 40 yards. Jordy caught seven touchdowns of more than 40 yards by himself last year, so he was outperforming entire teams at times. Um, But, as we've both pointed out, you have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball. Right, and, you know, they did have a great relationship, Rodgers and Jordy, and you could see that on the field. The The way they celebrated, the way he looked to him so often, and the way they made plays. So, it was... It was an exciting combo. So we do lose that, but you never know who is going to step up, and can can fill those shoes. Yeah, I think I think we both agree the the answers on the roster somewhere. It's just a matter of who's going to be that guy that has a breakout year. Right. And and we aren't even necessarily saying that someone's going to pull those stats that Jordy did. It's just that combined with all the receivers, it's going to be okay. Rodgers is going to get them the ball. We're going to have some kinks to work out and it's going to be okay. Absolutely. And we'll probably win the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> so what does it matter? Yeah. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, uh, hoping Jordy has a good recovery, that it's a, as little amount of pain as it can be for that type of injury. And, you know, we will all welcome you back next season with open arms. And I know he has said that he is going to do whatever he can to help the team on the sidelines. Yeah, I think he'll be a good mentor out there for the young guys. Absolutely. Well, I think that uh, covers the sad portion <laughs> of the podcast. Um, Allie, I believe you want to start a new segment now. I do have I... a new segment, but I just wanted to remind you guys that um, I know we post these on Facebook, so uh, to our Facebook friends, Feel free to uh, ask us questions, to give us tips. We also have um, on iTunes where you can rate us. You can leave comments there of what you'd like to hear. We are absolutely open to covering a wide variety of topics, NFL-wise and specifically Packer-wise. So feel free. Um, our Twitter handles, mine is AllieRose326, and Brad's is... The Walking Brad. And feel free to contact us on Twitter as well, and 
we are more than happy to get suggestions and answer questions. Yeah, please subscribe, please rate, uh, visit our Tumblr, thelamboleap.tumblr.com. You can leave comments there as well. You can also subscribe to the podcast through the website. So please uh, hit all of those. So we are going to finish this up and each week with a segment called I Heart Packers. And this will be something I do. And it'll be a count up of roster numbers. This week I will start with Mason Crosby because he has the lowest number, number two. And I will go up each week one player. So the next number, you know, each week the next higher number. And I will list for the number that amount each things I like about that player. So for Mason Crosby, you'll be giving us two. two. Okay. Right, okay. So here we go. Mason Crosby, I love you. Uh, I uh, Reason number one is a lot of people gave up on you um, a few seasons ago. You weren't... Uh, you weren't giving us the results that a lot of the fans wanted, but you were persistent, and you believed in yourself, and McCarthy believed in you, and you have shown nothing but growth, and just putting up so many points. You're there when you're needed, and you're making great plays. That's that's the important thing. <laughs> The lighter-hearted thing is being a kicker and being Mason Crosby, you have very nice legs. (laughs) (laughs) Those legs are getting things done, and I saw you at training camp, and I was pretty close to you, and yeah, I like your legs. (laughs) Keep working them and getting things done. (laughs) Uh, So that wraps up our podcast this week. Uh, I hope you'll join us again next week. Brad is shaking his head because I think he's embarrassed at how many things I can find that I love about Packers <laughs> players. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and we'll hear you. You know, we'll talk to you next week. And I think that's it. <laughs>